You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. I'll invite you to turn to the Second Kings passage in your service booklet. And you would also, if you would also like to follow along in your Bibles, we will also look at verses 4, 5, and 6. When I was in high school, we had a principal called Mr. Wilson. And I assume every high school has a principal like Mr. Wilson. And what I mean by that is that Mr. Wilson was a year or two away from retirement, and his attitude reflected it. And though I'm sure he was only in his mid-60s, to me at the time, he seemed like he was about 100. And Mr. Wilson had one job, to discipline male students. (laughs) And he was an equal opportunity discipliner. Infractions large and small carried with them detention sentences that were unequal to the crime. And aside from this, he was famous for a sign in his office that was particularly on brand. When boys walked through his door to face their judge, jury, and punishment enforcer, upon pleading their case, he would point to a sign inscribed, This is not Burger King. You cannot have it your way. What a descriptor of the human heart. This world is our Burger King, and we want it our way. We pick up the text with a character called Naaman. Naaman is a general of the Syrian army, who we are told was a great man and has high favor. Naaman is a great man of valor and was friends with the king of Syria because the Lord had given victory to his armies, perhaps as a means to judge an idolatrous Israel. In Naaman, we find a great man who conquers neighboring kingdoms, and he returns with the spoils of war. He is a man who is at the top of his game. And yet, we find at the end of his description a very blunt and deflating, but he was a leper. And just as we find in the gospel reading, leprosy is a condition of exclusion. Saddled with an unsightly and painful skin condition, Naaman takes on all the merits of a hero, and yet he still finds himself excluded from life. This count tells us that after a certain raid, Naaman's raiding party returns with an Israelite servant girl. And in this girl, we find a young person who, like Joseph, Daniel, and Esther, she remains faithful to God despite her captivity in a foreign land. So much so that to Naaman's wife, her mistress, she provides information that can deliver Naaman from his condition like no spoils of war can. The prophet Elisha can heal him of his leprosy, she tells her. This is akin to saying, the God of Israel, my God, can heal your husband. The interlude of verses 4 through 6 tells us that the king of Syria supports his general's desire to be healed and acts in a manner befitting of a king. He sends Naaman to his neighboring king to be healed, which is a practice that's not unheard of, that was not unheard of, even among enemies, and along with a letter of intent with a king's ransom of gold and silver, which by some estimations could be valued to a modern-day value of three-quarters of a billion dollars. Picking up in verse 7, upon reading the letter, we find the, the king of Israel to not only decry... Naaman's attempt to find healing and he the king. He knows he is not God. He knows he does not have the power to heal and he is troubled to the point that he is suspicious that Naaman's act 
is an attempt to provoke him, leading him to tear his clothes, depicting sorrow and consternation. Hearing of the king's dismay, Elisha sends for Naaman in order to demonstrate that there's a real prophet in Israel, which is the same thing as saying that God is in Israel. And Naaman approaches Elisha's house in a manner befitting a noble army commander with horses and chariots and presumably his money. And to this we find that Elisha does not, come even, does not even come outside, but rather sends out a messenger who tells Naaman, Go wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. This leaves Naaman angry, expecting a great and mighty act to cure him, a great and mighty man. And he complains that the rivers in his own country are far better than anything that Israel might have to offer. And only at the advice of a servant, again, does Naaman do exactly as Elisha says. He washes in the Jordan seven times, according to the word of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like that of a little child, and he was clean. To which Naaman responds, Behold, I know there is no other God in all the earth but in Israel. One can focus on many aspects of this biblical account, and in studying this account, I have found that some focus on Naaman's washing as an example of a Gentile baptism and conversion. This is certainly significant. Others have honed in on the Jewish, on the Jewish response to a Gentile in need, also significant. After all, the servant girl voluntarily helps her captor. Elisha aided a Gentile army commander, a supposed adversary of Israel. And yet, I find this account to be, most of all, an acute depiction of the human heart. In Naaman, we find a man who has everything. He has the spoils of war. He has favor with his king. He is a man of valor. He has a wife, despite his illness. And yet, because he is a leper, none of this can ultimately satisfy him. And like leprosy leaves Naaman unfulfilled, so too does the pain and emptiness that sin leaves in its wake. It leaves a void in the human heart, and burdened with that, we desire to fill it. Or even take steps to mask the fact that we experience this emptiness. Like Naaman yearned so much to be healed of his leprosy, we long to be healed of the intolerable burden of sin. We find that along with Naaman, all too often we seek after worldly wisdom to accomplish this, instead of God's wisdom. Echoing the antithesis of Mr. Wilson's sign, this world will tell us that this is Burger King. You can have it your way. Fill that void by any means necessary. You do what works for you. In Naaman's quest for healing, we find those very ways that we might seek to heal and justify ourselves as the world tells us. Naaman was powerful. He had money. He had favor with his king the highest in the land. He had a servant from Israel, which both served his wife and was a visual, visual human reminder of his triumphs on the battlefield. And yet, like money, power, and servants, and friends in high places cannot fill the void that sin leaves behind, it could not mask the fact that Naaman had leprosy. And ultimately, armed with the knowledge of a cure, maybe the prophet in Israel, maybe the man who speaks for God can heal me, we find that Naaman does not 
delay in heading to Israel. And in this rising arc in the story, it seems that Naaman is on the right track. And while going to Israel is the right place to start, we find that he has a misconstrued value at how prophets work, and he does not even go to the right person. Worldly wisdom would say, the most powerful in the land, the king, can heal me because he is a king. And I will give him an offer that he cannot refuse to do so. And yet, as we know, the most powerful in the land are not God. The most powerful in the land, presidents, billionaires, Instagram influencers, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Nick Saban, are not God. And in the words of the king of Israel, am I God to kill and to make clean, to make alive? Those in power cannot save us. They cannot heal our sinful souls, and they cannot give us meaning. Upon hearing Elisha's invitation to come that he might be healed, Naaman does so with the intent to impress this prophet of God. He comes with horses and chariots, and he stands at his door as the mighty man of valor. And while seeking to impress is not wrong, seeking to impress in order to gain social capital, in order to be healed, misses the mark. And we certainly do this in our relationships with ourselves and in our relationships with God. If I impress God, if I do this right, if I show how strong I am, maybe he'll love me more. In his recent stop um, with the Advent on his book tour and speaking on his new book, Low Anthropology, Dave Zoll commented on all the ways that both, not all the ways, but most, uh, some ways that both conservative and progressive Christianity encourages us to do this. On the conservative end, one might find that after he or she becomes a Christian, he's saddled with this immense pressure to stop being a sinner. If I, I, must ju- I must justify myself before God and my neighbor now that I'm a Christian. I must stop sinning, and I must have all of my theology pinned down to the nth degree. I'm saved, and now I must perform to impress, to prove that, I've a gen- to prove that I had a genuine conversion and was worthy of saving. On the progressive side of things, one has this pressure to seek social justice at every turn, to do community service work, to align oneself with the right activist organizations or political agendas. Now that I'm this type of Christian, I must justify myself before God and my neighbor. I must perform to impress or prove that my faith is genuine or that I was worthy of saving. And I certainly see Naaman's point because I very much identify it with it. I am weak or I'm a weak leper. I must show how strong I am to this powerful prophet of God. And not to be impressed by this, by means of a messenger, so as to not glorify himself, Naaman tells, Elisha tells Naaman to do the simple act of bathe in the Jordan seven times. To which Naaman replies, that's it. I've seen your king. I've come here with all the money in the world. And you can see that I'm a mighty man. You can see that I'm strong. And all you want for me to do is to bathe in the Jordan seven times. I thought that you would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord your God and wave your hand over this place. Why have I come here? Why didn't I just bathe in a better better river back home? God's wisdom is foolishness to Naaman. In much in the same way, 
the gospel message is foolish in the face of worldly wisdom. And even when we do see we are in need of saving, all too often we come to the one that can save with a list of reasons of why we are deserving of it. Jesus, I'm a powerful man or woman. I've earned the right to be saved, to be, to be saved by a powerful Savior. Jesus, I've made money. I'll give you a lot of it. Jesus, I've protested and I've marched and I have the correct political sign in my yard. These are just more burdens piled on top of the insurmountable burden of sin. And to that, the Savior of the world tells us, you cannot justify yourselves, but even if you try, you are still worth saving to me. When the world tells us to have it our way, the Lamb of God tells us that I alone am the bread of life. Come to me. The other side of this coin is coming to Jesus in utter despair of our past sins and our current brokenness and our doubts. And to somehow think that because of all these things, we might be beyond saving. Jesus, I have sinned so badly, I can hardly live with myself. Jesus, I need proof. I need to touch the, the holes in your hands and to touch your side in order to believe. Jesus, I've denied you three times. And to this, and to anything that burdens us, he still says, come. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Come to me, and I alone will make you clean. He says, I came to save sinners. Not just wealthy sinners, not just poor sinners, not just sinners who have the correct theology, not just sinners who are mostly getting it right, and not just Syrian generals with power and money. I have come to save sinners, period. And when I have made you clean, when you have skin that is as smooth as a child, and when you have been made new, may you say, truly, truly, there is no other God in all the earth but the God of Israel. Truly, truly, Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the one who saves. He is the one who has come to shine light into my darkness yesterday, today, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. 